This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris Yes, I missed Friday. I didn't do the podcast, not by design. I actually started to record it, probably got, I don't know, 15 minutes into it. And a good friend, a brother of mine from the Marine Corps called, and we kind of have a little bit of an unwritten rule. If somebody from Alpha Battery calls, yeah, you try to take the call. And so I stopped the podcast. I thought, well, let me talk to my buddy Mike from Kokomo, Indiana. Hadn't talked to him in a while. Good for me, good for him. And we got to talking, and next thing you know, it was like an hour and a half later, and I just thought, you know what? After going through all that, I don't know if I have it in me <laughs> to do a podcast. So I said, you know what? I'm going to take a little break. And I knew I, I needed to get the, the Matt Melvin interview done. I had promised him I'd get it up there and uh, got that done. Great video, great interview, I thought. Thanks for all the, the, the compliments on that. If you didn't check it out, Bully Behind Bars live interview. Matt's an interesting, interesting character. Amazing story. And the failures of the criminal justice system. Uh, I hope you check out the book. The The link should be in the show notes there below, or uh, the description below in the show notes at ChristopherScottShow.com. You can also go to BullyedBehindBars.com. I, never, I didn't mention that before. Anyway, thank you. I thought it was a great interview, too. I don't know that interviewing's my thing. Somebody said, wow, you're a natural. I don't I don't know about that. I, I actually needed to, to kind of um, look into it a little bit more. But I did think it was a very good interview. Uh, if you couldn't tell, I was a little skeptical of Matt's story. I was skeptical when he reached out to me. Uh, I checked everything out. It checked out. And, you know, his story pretty well checked out there on the interview as well. It's really just uh, really an interesting story from a lot of different fronts. Uh, I don't want to belabor it. Go check it out. Um, anyway, I'm back. I missed Friday. It was nice to get a little break. Spent a lot of time working in my yard over the weekend, physical labor, and just kind of um, uh, resetting myself, if you will. And hard work is one of the ways that I like to do that, is sweating. It was brutal. I mean, it was a couple times. I was like, I gotta, I gotta take a little break here. Soak down a rag, wet down my head. Head starts pounding. Ever since I had the concussion, you know, the neurological issues can affect the way you, um, the way you're able to deal with heat. I don't know what you say. I could feel it like my skin temperature not uh, regulating properly. I think, almost like I was burning on fire. I never had this problem before. So, you know, plus I'm getting older. What are you going to do? Uh, it's not like I'm in the top shape of my life, and I was doing a lot, it was a lot of heavy digging. I'm digging out this area. It's four feet deep by eight feet wide, um, and then the, the thickness into the ground, about two feet, 18, 20 inches. And what I'm doing, it's right next to my garden. It's a raised garden, and on the end of it, I'm adding this... Um, there's a word for these things. It's going to be like a, a, a window frame on hinges, and you lift it up, and it's like a little greenhouse in the ground. And for the most part, you know, for what I want to do with it, 
the 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 uh, greenhouse effect. I'll line the back with with black and put some rocks in there to um, use as heat tanks. And I'm probably going to put a little heater in there because uh, there's electric nearby, and my daughter wants to use this as a, she wants to uh, get a garter snake as a pet. It's Friday night. We had a big fire out back. I was able to score these big, like, I don't know, they're like 20-inch logs. <laughs> and I, I, so let me just tell you the, the extent and, and um, detail and sophistication of our fire pit, right? Uh, it's a hole in the ground <laughs> I dug with a digging bar and a shovel. You know, I have a metal one. Uh, we spent, I don't know, three dollars $400 on this thing. And all I know is that it, it, I'm not bad-mouthing the thing. I've actually been pretty happy with it. Uh, what are we, three years in, it's falling apart. Not really very useful at this point. Now i got to figure out how to get rid of it. So 400 bucks, and then, I, you know, now what do I do with it? I'm going to pay to have the uh, trash people come get it, probably. So, uh, and then it took a ton of fire. It just burned through fire. We're like burning, you know, two, three cords in one sit. I'm exaggerating. But, you know, it's a, it's a lot of work, the firewood, and i got to pay for it for the most part. This I got for free. So I just wanted to experiment a little bit with what would be the best design, raised, lowered, round, square, and kind of what I've found myself gravitating towards probably is going to be a rectangular parapet sunken fire pit sunken rectangular fire pit with raised parapet um how high i don't know it's all going to be part of the testing and part of the 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 dilemma of this design is orienting it properly with the wind which uh, i think i'm i'm pretty on track but the wind moves around so anyway I'm going way off track with this. You're going to get all the details of my fire pit. I, I kind of like to mess with this stuff. And I like, you know, who doesn't like fires, right? It's very relaxing to me. That's my relaxing time. Go out there, right, light a couple of citronella candles, keep the bugs away, light a little fire. It was like 75 degrees. Or it was a little warm for a fire, quite frankly. And there were quite a few bugs. But anyway, my daughter and I hung out out there for probably two hours. Two, she's hung out with me for about two hours, and I was out there for maybe another hour. So anyway, uh, I had these big 20-inch logs that we burned. I like throwing some big stuff on there once in a while. It's just It creates a nice burn, a nice ambiance, the scale of it for an outdoor fire. So I got I to gotta line on some big stuff, on you know, not split. Some of them are like three feet long. That's nice, too. Like I'll throw like three of these eight-inch, three-foot-long logs on there. And it just makes for a nice outside fire. So we enjoyed that. Well, while we were moving the firewood, that's where I was going. I'm in a chatty mood. What do you? I'm, I'm in a chatty mood, and I'm not in the news mood. So just hang on. We'll get to the big stories, all right? I'm, I'm building up to it. While we were having the fire, of course, I can't just burn all this big stuff without any smaller stuff in there. It just wouldn't burn very well. So i got to mix in a little of the, the split stuff. And this is, of course, after I get the whole thing going. Well, lo and behold, you know, it's just getting dark out. Get the glow of the fire, the glow of the candles, but no no other lighting. And I, I moved the firewood. No, it wasn't quite dark. Well, there was a snake, a garter snake. 
They love the wood piles. Probably right back in there, too. So there it was. My daughter came over, went to pet it, and then it ran away. Well, she would like to catch one of these or so and keep it as a pet. And that's what we'll, we'll put it in the greenhouse. It's kind of the idea. We're going to put a little pond in there. I got a little solar fountain. Don't judge me. Listen, it's a little father-daughter project. In the meantime, so I'm digging this thing out, right? So four feet wide by eight feet long by, call it, 20 inches deep. And, you know, it's hard, compact. There's some rock in there. I got a digging bar. I prefer the digging bar far over a pickaxe. I don't know. What's your opinion on that? I don't really care. I, I'll, you're not going to convince me bending over, breaking your back with the digging bar. I don't know. Maybe for certain things, I haven't found it. I prefer the digging bar and a shovel and a hoe. A sharpened shovel and a sharpened hoe and a 30-pound digging, digging bar. I'd actually, I wish I could get like a 40-pound. I'm sure I could like figure out a way to attach you know, a couple more pounds to this thing. I think it would be a little more effective. I really do. Lift it up and drop it with that weight on there. Well, anyway, I'm digging all this out. Well, what do I do with the dirt? Well, two things. Uh, not necessarily in this order. So uh, we had this area off to the, I have a, a double gate to get into the backyard. The, the, the yard's fenced in for the dogs. <clears throat> I have a double gate so that the landscapers can get in with the mowers. And uh, you can drive a vehicle through there, <clears throat> not a big vehicle. You can get a vehicle. We took a couple trees down. They took the, they had the uh, gra the tra little track, walk behind tracked grapplers that they pulled everything through with nice little machines. They're like, I don't know, 40 horsepower. Tra they're on tracks, and the guy just stands on the back of it. Very nice. They got a little grappling hook. I, I would imagine you get different attachments, but the tree guys, they put a grappling hook on it. And uh, anyway, they, they use the double gate. Well, anyway, next to the double gate, uh, it was after uh, I got my concussion, I did some uh, tree trimming. Yeah, go figure. I, I don't know. There was quite a few things I did during that time. I can't really. <laughs> anyway, I trimmed the... Um, Trim some of the branches well. This big brush pile, I didn't have time to process it down. Big mistake. I learned my lesson on that. Uh, you cut, don't cut more than you can process like right away. And uh, at least not for me. I, just, I don't have a place to be storing all this stuff. It was a pretty good sized pile. And then uh, we had, I didn't get a chance to clean it up. Then we had the, the tornado. We had a huge pile that just got added to that. And then... Uh, I hit the fence in the winter with the pickup truck and broke the fence. It was all like in the same way. So anyway, when I cleaned up the brush pile, I finally got that cleaned up. It left like this big divot, big crater. Not crater, but um, anyway, I dug the dirt out. I got that all filled in nice. That's all graded off nice. My, my wife and my daughter are away. They're going to be thrilled when they come back. Reclaim. The fence is fixed. I fixed that. A month or more ago. That looks great. The lawn's back in there. Now I got this this divot in there. I got it all cleaned out. Nice fill in there. I got to get a little topsoil, a little seed. And uh, I'm going to have to water it here. But I get that all planted in. So I got that done. All graded by hand. I used this, uh, used the digging bar and a shovel. And I have this great 
cart. And if you load it right, I mean, you can just really pretty effortlessly move stuff around, which at my age and my condition, effortlessly is in. <laughs> I mean, I need to automate. I need, I need, a, I need a tractor with an with a, a, a excavator. Not really. That's the problem. I don't, you know, I don't really have anything that I could, like, make sense to rent a machine. Or I have a buddy that would come down with a machine. And it's just not really worth it. So I do it by hand. And I like I do. I like it. This is good for me. It reminds me of being in the Marine Corps digging foxholes. I love that stuff. Love it. Not really. But I, I do enjoy the work. I enjoy the sweating. Well, the other thing I did, off the back of our deck, uh, we have a, an upper deck and then it drops down to a lower deck. And by the time you get to the bottom of the steps, huh, you're, uh, I don't know, 30 feet or more away from the house. And it slopes down back there. Well, when we bought the house, uh, right at the, it's like five risers down to the yard, right, from the lower deck. And it used to just be like right sloped grass. And it wasn't even grass there because... It just got muddy, I think, from, you know, whoever's dogs and whoever walking on there slipping on there. So then when it got wet, it was like slippery mud. It was like a ski slope there. Horrible. So uh, two years ago, I guess, my son and I, we got a little topsoil. We got a little stone. And uh, we, we leveled it out a little bit, but not enough. And we put some this little, uh, I don't know, like pebbled stone not the best way to describe it, but, you know, decorative stone at the bottom to create like an apron at the bottom of the steps. And that was level. And it was. It was fine. You could step off a little better. It certainly wasn't dangerous like before. But the dogs would run down there. They kicked the stone all over and just it was making a mess and looked awful. And it just really wasn't complete. Well, I've been grading that out. Well, I, I figure I got another 40 cartloads of soil that I got to haul in there. I'm just about done uh, digging the greenhouse pit, so I'm not going to have 40 loads coming out of there. Where am I going to get it? Well, I have uh, I regraded the area over by the double gate. I need another 40 loads or so, which is probably going to be more like 60. I, I figured I needed four carts to do the, the to regrade the area by the gate, and it took six heavy ones, probably really eight. <laughs> that was like half off. Let's hope I'm not half off with the 40 loads, for God's sake. It'll kill me. I hope not. Um, but I'm, I'm a good halfway there on that project, and it looks so much better what it does for the yard. So this is just rough grading, of course. Well, I, I'm going to get the dirt. I, I have this swale uh, that I cut around my shed. We bought the house. That they, I don't know why people do this. Don't do this. They put the shed right in the, the swale on the property line. The water runs right into the doggone shed. Beautiful stucco shed. We put a new roof on it. And I don't really like where it's at. It's got a concrete floor. And the water running through was just destroying this thing. And so finally, I said, I got to fix this. And so I did. I went out there with the digging bar. The other thing I use is uh, I have an electric um, uh, rototiller. Fantastic for tearing that stuff up, cutting like a swale in there. It works really well. Really does. Uh, so I got I got about 40, 40 or 80 <laughs> loads to go, depending on how things go. I, I say all that to say that I'm beat up. I enjoy the work. I've said this. The Bible says you shall work. Uh, my suggestion to you is that you embrace it. Don't fear it. Don't run from it. 
Hard work never killed anybody. Eh, people have gotten beat up from it. You take care of yourself. Pace yourself. I don't know. I think it's good for you. It's good to be outside. That's the main thing. Nobody was home. I just went out there with my shirt off. You know, poured a wet rag over my head. Dogs are looking at me funny. I ran the dogs around. Threw some balls to the dog. Felt good. Give me some time to think. And during the course of that, you know, I got some advice from a buddy of mine. It's really good advice for anybody. He said, you know, I think you should just really step back and just enjoy the podcast. Just have a good time with it. And I thought, you know, that was really my basic premise in the beginning. I'm like, I got to have a good, as long as I'm having a good time with it, I'll keep doing it. I thought, having a good time, what does that look like anymore? I mean, seriously, when was the last time I talk about this all the time? When was the last time you had a really good laugh? Is it me? Ask yourself honestly. If you did, what were you laughing about? I'd love to know. You know, when was the last time you saw something funny? When was the last time somebody said, hey, you got to see this, it's hilarious? Listen, would you share it with me? Something not political. I would love to see, like, Ron White or whoever. They've all been, been destroyed at this point. Something funny. I would love to have a good laugh. What's Have a good time. Have a good time with what? The world's about to end. The country's in the toilet. There's a, a mental illness epidemic, I'm convinced. If you look around at the way people are talking and thinking, you can only conclude that the real core of the problem is a mental illness problem. It's like arguing with idiots. And then I say to myself, don't get so worked up. Don't get upset. Don't get upset. Okay. (laughs) Why am I upset? Why would anybody be upset? Why are you upset? Why was my buddy Mike from Kokomo so upset? What's there to be optimistic about? I don't mean to be Mr. Pooh Pooh. My daughter's book when she was younger, I don't mean to be the pout pout fish. <laughs> I, you know, I'm an opt- I think I'm an optimistic person. But it just feels that something's off. But, I, you know, I don't want to live my life like that. I think that was the other thing about being outside and working, just to break free of the worries of the world. And so it's a little legitimate question, really. You know, how do I make the podcast more enjoyable? And at the same time, more interesting and, and more entertaining. And then, you know, I ask myself, what's the purpose? Well, these are all good questions. I don't know if we're going to answer them all today. I'm so beat up from, from digging in the yard. Let me get into this. I tell you, you know, my purpose is, uh, you know, I guess it wasn't just for, you know, for me to have a good time. I want to enjoy, I, it's not that I want to have a good time, although I'd like to have a good time once in a while. Uh, maybe I need to look for podcasts that I could. This has been enjoyable to me, just kind of not so focused on on stories and headlines and making a point. Maybe it's good. Maybe that's the ticket. Uh, but seriously, I mean, you, you look around, look at how people's. Uh, maybe maybe it's just where I am. I went to get some. Uh, I'll tell you this story real quick. Friday, I went to this uh, Spanish place for takeout. Oh, this place is incredible. They have this oxtail soup. It's phenomenal. The ribs. I got uh, uh, yellow rice with the beans. Oh, it's fantastic. It's so filling, you know. And uh, anyway, I'm going there to order, and, and 
there's these two women in front of me, and I, I was so a- angered by the way they treated the the staff at the counter. I'm, I'm not even going to get into the, the racial aspects of it and who was what and uh, the genders and, and all that. Let's just leave. I can't handle it today. Just basic terms of how people treat people. Uh, basic respect for one another. Basic manners. Non-existent. I found myself getting angry to the point I was going to walk out. I kid you not. I, I like. I had to turn around. I asked myself, "What's wrong with me?" Like, you know, what do I care? But it it does. It bothers me. I don't know. Tell me that's not a problem. I, I hear people. They say, "Well, this isn't new. That this is the way people treat each other. This isn't new. How, uh, how people uh, treat each other. How evil." How much evil there is. This isn't new. It's just now that we're seeing it for the first time. Maybe. Perhaps. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe I I would imagine that there's been ebbs and flows. I don't know. I don't know. I just know that uh, it's not comforting, really. So, anyway. Uh, I want to talk about this story with... uh, with Doug Mastriano using Gab. Josh Shapiro puts out a tweet. Here's here's what Josh Shapiro said about Doug Mastriano. Doug Mastriano used Gab to recruit white supremacists to join his campaign here in Pennsylvania, Uh, essentially suggesting that everybody on Gab is a white supremacist, which would be me, according to Josh Shapiro. Then he says, now they're making anti-Semitic threats to Jewish papers and elected officials. This is who he surrounds himself with. Josh Shapiro alleging that Doug Mastriano, by way of being on Gab, advertising on Gab, the conclusion there is that he was recruiting white supremacists to join his campaign, and now... Those same white supremacists are making anti-Semitic threats to Jewish papers and elected officials. This is the post, the gab post from the white supremacist that Josh Shapiro uses as evidence of the anti-Semitic threats to Jewish papers and elected officials by white supremacists on gab. Here's the evidence, okay? This is what it says. Pittsburgh Jewish Chronicle supports genocides of Christians. I think that's a bit extreme. Maybe there's more evidence. I didn't get that. I talked about this exact article here on the podcast. I was very bothered by what the the Pittsburgh Jewish Chronicle had to say. I found it to be very inflammatory at the least. I don't know that that would say that the Jewish Chronicle supports genocide of Christians, however. Uh, This post, this gab post goes on to say, but of course what they are protecting with the fake hate smear is Rothschild's banker gangsters plundering the world. The mafia uses every trick and smear they can to keep control. And so there's the anti, the underhanded, thinly veiled uh, anti-Semitic smear that it's the bankers who are Jewish, 
that are plundering, ripping everybody off, and exhibiting this mass control. And it's tied to this uh, anti-Semitic belief that Jews control a disproportionate amount of wealth. Largely not true, okay? Uh, So, you know, what do you make of that statement? I would say distasteful, inaccurate, um, rude, anti-Semitic. Yeah, probably. I don't know if I'd put it in the threat category, though. I don't know how it's directed at a Jewish paper, an elected official. Where's the Jewish official? A threat to the Jewish Pittsburgh Jewish Chronicle. Why? Because we disagree with what it says? And that means that it's a threat? And then that means that it's a white supremacist? Who's the one starting the Civil War? You tell me. This stuff goes on every day. This attack on Protestant Christians. Andrew Torba came out in response to this Josh Shapiro uh, disgusting attack. And I don't care if you're in Pennsylvania or not. This is disturbing what's going on. There's this anti-white, anti-Christian hate. Andrew Torba says, the Shapiro cries out in pain as he strikes you. Number one, Jewish politicians and news outlets attack and defame Gab all the time, specifically the the Jewish Chronicle. I talked about it the other day. He says, number two, Gabbers post offensive memes, not threats in response. Isn't that funny? Number three, Jewish politicians and news outlets then play the victim and whine about offensive memes and posts, calling them, quote, threats when in reality they were just memes and taboo truths. Every single time, this is how this plays out. A little bit of an exaggeration. There is a little bit of open anti-Semitism on Gab that I hadn't noticed uh, on Facebook when I was on it, for example. Uh, But I haven't noticed any threats. Distasteful, yes. At times, rude, yes. Uh, I've noticed the same for uh, homosexuality, um, but I haven't found anything to be violent or threats. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. And they, Gab claims that they, they work to uh, control that. They say it's illegal. They won't allow it. So then another story broke over the weekend. Listen to what Doug Mastriano's done now, the white supremacist recruiting little Nazi that he is, according to the left. Oh, he was at the, uh, I guess it's the War College or the Historical War College. I don't know. He's, you know, he's written a few books. This guy's uh, no dummy, smart guy. You know what he did back in like 2019 or something like that? Oh, he wore the uniform of a Confederate soldier in, in this uh, photograph. Well, it was, you know, at a time, everybody was in these different period costumes. Oh, Confederate uh you know what that means? Racist, automatically racist. And everybody who supports them, how dare you? How dare you support somebody who, who wore a, 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 a Confederate uniform? Ha! Huh. Tear it. This is why we must tear down these statues because of these racists among us. Yep, this is the argument that they make. Let me ask you something. Do you not find it interesting that Josh Shapiro hasn't come out with a single ad to talk about where he stands on the issues, what he might do for Pennsylvania, such as lower taxes and improved services? You won't hear that because he's not going to do any of that. 
All he does is smear and attack his enemy. Doug Mastriano isn't doing that. It's going to be an interesting election. All this division. You tell me who the source of it is. Doug Mastriano ran away from Gab because of this attack, which I don't really agree with that, but that's a whole other story. What more do you want him to do? Gab came out and said, look, we have no affiliation. We don't speak for him. Doug Mastriano shut everything down, departed from Gab. I'm sure he'll never wear a Confederate uh, uniform again. I'd probably never even utter the word. Good God. You wonder why uh, we can't get good people in politics. What kind of sham game is this? They're talking about the costume that he wore. How about the, the some of these people that they showed up in blackface? I want to apologize. Well, you want Doug Mastriano to, to kneel down, to bend the knee? I want to apologize to anybody who I may have hurt wearing a Confederate uniform. Will that make everybody feel better? Everybody get the, the nice little feelings? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Doug Mastriano's not the one parading around the photograph. You know, he's not saying, look at me, look at me. It's people that hate him, people that want to attack him. Oh, look at this. Oh, people don't know. They're like a little sheeple, right? They support blue. They just go, oh, he's in the Confederate uniform. He must be a racist. Oh, you got to vote for Josh Shapiro. Oh, probably. Welcome, Governor Shapiro, soon to be President Shapiro. Oh, I can just see it. I can see it coming now. I, I, if that happens, I, honest to God, I might have to quit the uh, podcast. I kid you not. I don't know if I could do it. I don't, if, if Biden runs again, I don't know if I can do it. I, I might have to just uh, make the podcast about fishing or, or growing food or something. I don't know. I don't know if I could do it. Matter of fact, the more I think about it, I don't know if I can do two more years of Biden. And, and and Shapiro after Governor Wolf. Who elects these? How's these people getting elected? What is it, the Soros money? Who, nobody's voting for these people? It's ridiculous. I don't know. What are you going to do? Uh, there's a bunch of other stuff. You want to talk about the Trump thing? Bill accuses Trump of extorting. Bill Barr accuses Trump of extorting the GOP. Bill Barr has proven himself to be a, an establishment swamp dweller. How many decent people are left? I don't know, not many. Republicans are the ones behind the latest evidence against Trump. There's a shocker. Uh, who do you think allowed the election theft to go on? If the Republicans don't fight it, this is what happens. At least in enough places, I guess they didn't. Afghanistan's last president. I don't know why I have this stuck in here. Ashraf Ghani rejects comparison to Ukraine's Zelensky. Says he's lived an honorable life. I guess the comparison is that Zelensky has stayed in the face of war and Ghani flew away in the helicopter, took his expensive car, loaded in a helicopter, took a, a pallet of cash, and uh, went to Romania or something like that. I don't know where he went. Yeah, he just he was like, ah, open the, the Afghan vault, load up this helicopter, I'm out of here. I think they offered uh, Zelensky the same deal. I don't know why he didn't take it. 
If they offer Trump a deal like that, Trump Trump really ought to take it. Trump should just like uh, I don't know where where would they banish Trump to? He could be happy. He could still like tweet and stuff like that. I don't know climate bill. This is funny. The uh, they're calling it the climate bill now. Last week, when they were signing it, they told us that it was the Inflation Reduction Act. The first time ever in history that spending money was going to result in the reducing of inflation. It's a really a phenomenal trick that they pulled off. And now, to even further the trick, the little chameleons that they are, they're calling it the climate bill, right? And they say there's no inflation, and, and they say that Biden's ratings are up. Oh, yes, that there's momentum, and the Democrats could keep the House and maybe the Senate. And there's a lot of momentum for this after all that they've gotten done. Remember the infrastructure bill? Have you seen any infrastructure projects? Name one. Somebody tell me. They're running the, 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 the situation out there in um, Flint, I don't think that's fixed. We've got PFAS issues here. Uh, out in, in the Midwest, there's millions of people in jeopardy of losing access to water right here in the United States. No plan to deal with it. No a trillion dollars in infrastructure projects and not a peep. And now the Inflation Reduction Act has turned into the climate bill, which has turned into a free college bill, quite frankly, on top of all that. And they tell you that there's no inflation. And I saw Biden myself. No, no, it's not going to cause inflation. I'm doing it wrong. He's, he's, too, he's much angrier. Uh, no, it's not going to cause inflation. I told you this already. It's going to reduce inflation. Reduce it. It's going to reduce it a lot because spending power is going to ignite the economy. Believe it. Meanwhile, uh, Analysts expect Social Security payments will likely rise due to growing inflation rates. Meanwhile, uh, stocks <laughs> are probably going to be dropping. Meanwhile, uh, Fed Reserve Chairman is out saying, you know what, uh, we're going to have to keep cranking up the interest rates to knock down this inflation. Not Biden, not the Democrats. They're like, tax and spend, baby. Run those presses. If that's not enough, they're reporting now 5 million foreign nationals have entered the United States illegally since the United States took office. James Carville says the Trump scandal could be the biggest story since 9-11. Amazing that it's not. What a joke. They're calling this the Watergate of the, of the, of the era? I don't know. Check uh, uh, this out. The, the Texas ranchers who experienced a brutal IRS audit issue a dire warning to middle-class Americans. You know, this issue of the armed IRS agents, right? you got the conspiracy theory side saying, ooh, ooh, they're forming this uh, armed federal agency. They're going to come after this, the boogeyman, right? That's the conspiracy side. Really? Well, there's more armed federal staff of one kind. I don't know how you label that exactly. Then the size of the Marine Corps, let that settle in. I don't know. I could go on and on about these stories, but what's the point, really? You know, I, I try to put this together in a way. One, it is a little entertaining. I don't know if I accomplished that. I mean, how do you make that fun and interesting? But I want people to be aware of what's happening. Uh, 
and then, you know, the next uh, question that people always ask, what do we do? What do we do? Send me a check, of course. That's what everybody else says. That's the name of the game. Get everybody all riled up. You know, oh, what do we do? Well, first thing you want to do is you want to buy my book, How, how to Deal with Biden Times, uh, for for forty nine ninety five, not only will you get the book, but you get the slippers as a bonus. I could do that. I could sell sheets for my pillow. You know, the only Egyptian cotton grown in Antarctica sheets. I could sell you the latest mattress, like everybody else does. The latest mattress in a box. This is the best nights. I'll t- you thought the last one was a good night's. Whoo! <laughs> finally, finally, the night, the, the good night's sleep you've been waiting for. All conveniently wrapped up in a box no bigger than your last pair of shoes. It sets itself up, guaranteed for life and more. Your life, your children's lives, and their lives. And if you act today, not only will you get two pillows, you get four pillows and a comforter. But wait. <laughs> I think I could sell the heck out of this stuff. You know what? Maybe I'm missing my more. Maybe that's the idea. I could have a lot of fun as a pitch man. I could have a lot of fun as a pitch man. I could have a lot of fun uh, being a Democrat. I really could. I was like, I wonder how many people are going to believe this. Let me tell you the extreme nature of climate change and what you can accept, expect. Drying soil conditions. Do you have any idea how severe that is? <laughs> It changes the the plastic ability of the soil. Oh, look into that. Yeah, you got whole buildings washing away as a result of climate change. It could happen. You see what I mean? I could, I could, oh. What's the other one that they sell on the podcast, the the underwear? You want a great fit? (laughs) I think I would do better with socks. I think I would probably have a better time with socks. I don't know. I'm going to quit horsing around. I'm going to get out of here a few minutes early. Thanks for listening. It's great to be back. Uh, It was a nice little break. What can you do? You know what I say. Do the best you can. Do what's right. Avoid temptation. Stay away from that bad stuff. That's what you got to do. God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. I sure hope to see you there. In the meantime, make it a great day.